This is Dr. Aaron Warner, and welcome back to Independent Insights, where we share conversations on topics relevant to running efficient and profitable independent private practices while providing the best care for our patients. Thanks to Vision Source, whose mission it is to enable independent optometrists to achieve their highest potential for supporting these conversations. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation we had today. I have Michelle Glaze on. She is with Foundation Fighting Blindness and shares her journey and her story uh, that led her to the foundation, what she's doing now, uh, but really gives us hope and resources that, uh, that we can share with our patients, uh, those that we have to diagnose with inherited retinal disease. Uh, it's never a good day when we have to give bad news like that, but it is a good day when we get to find out that there's resources for us, for our patients, uh, hope, education, and community that we can all lean into. And uh, Michelle shares with us what Foundation Fighting Blindness uh, has for not just patients and individuals with inherited retinal disease, but also us as healthcare professionals and how we can engage. So please enjoy the conversation, share it with a friend, leave us a five-star review, and let us know what you think. Thanks. All right. Michelle, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, looking forward to our conversation today. And uh, it's going to be a, a unique conversation for, for us and I think our listeners. Before we jump in, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? Sure. Um, thank you for inviting me to join. So I'm Michelle Glaze. I'm Director of Professional Outreach for the Foundation Fighting Blindness. I'm originally from California. I grew up in the Central Valley, a really small town. And um, growing up, I was very much a tomboy, very active, uh, played a lot of sports, and um, went to college. I was studying education of the deaf, actually. I wanted to teach deaf and hard of hearing kids and noticed that I had some trouble with seeing um, thinker spelling with American Sign Language, which is done right around the face. I didn't know at the time what was going on, but later on, I learned that I have an inherited retinal disease called retinitis pigmentosa. I was diagnosed just before the age of 30, and um, it, it rocked my world. There was no one in my family who had a retinal degenerative disease, so I really didn't know what to expect or where to turn. Um, fast forward about a decade and I got connected with the Foundation Fighting Blindness as an individual with vision loss. Uh, there's a story there that I'd be happy to share later if you'd like. But when I first got connected with the Foundation as a, as a patient or as an individual with an IRD, I had no idea how the Foundation Fighting Blindness would impact my future. I joined the Foundation family in 2019 to build and grow what is now the professional outreach department. So my role at the foundation is to educate eye care professionals about inherited retinal diseases, um, foundation resources, and how the foundation can provide knowledge, community, and hope to patients and families as they go through their personal journeys with vision loss. Um, I'm also a single mother. I have a son who is about 15, and he keeps me very, very busy these days. He's very active. So I try to balance my career and my family time with him. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. I can appreciate that. I've got a 19-year-old son, and my girls are 12 and 17. So right, 
Right in the thick you of that, uh, that teenage uh, fun. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so you said you grew up in, uh, as a tomboy in a small town in the Central Valley. The, what were some of the things that you noticed uh, when you, before you knew you had an, uh, an inherited retinal disease or IRD? Um, the just challenges you talked about, uh, some of the finger spelling, but what were some of the other daily life activities that, that may have become more challenging before you understood what was happening? Well, until about the age of 30, I had no idea really that there was anything going on. I, in my college years, I played a lot of um, softball recreational, and I did notice that I was starting to have trouble seeing fly balls when I was playing in the outfield or something like that, but really dis disregarded it. My um, vision loss actually came to my attention after a tournament. I was playing in a, in a uh, recreational softball tournament on a sunny day, and I had been outside all day, and I came into my very small one-bedroom, one-bath apartment. And when I walked in, I was looking for um, a friend who was there, and I, I didn't see my friend. And it took my eyes several, it felt like an eternity, I'm sure it was just a few minutes, to adjust to the change from light to dark. And it was at that moment that I realized there's something going on. I need to go and, and check this out. So I went to a local optometrist and one of the first tests they run, they did was, was a visual fields test where you, you know, you lean in and you push the button whenever you see a flash of light. And I saw maybe a handful and I told the technician, there's something wrong with your machine. It's broken. I mean, there certainly couldn't be anything wrong with my vision. And she assured me all was fine and had me do the test again. And once again, I mean, I, I saw three to five flashes of light, some of which may have been my imagination, quite frankly. And the rest of that particular visit is, is kind of a blur because they had me do a variety of different tests. And at the end of that visit, they told me that, um, that I needed to go see a retina specialist. So at that point, at that stage in the game, my only challenges really were adjustments from light to dark. I was starting to have a few floaters, which I completely disregarded. Um, and I had a little trouble at night, you know, driving. And, and like I said, when I was, I was playing softball and stuff, seeing some of the, the fly balls. But overall, there was very little indication that there was anything going on at that time. Yeah. And that's interesting. I appreciate you very much sharing that story. That's been my experience when we've had patients with uh, various different inherited retinal diseases that they don't appreciate that they have a problem and they, they're not aware any little nuances, I'll call them. Uh, you rationalize off because things like that happen to, to all of us. You go from a, a bright room to a dimmer room or a dark room. It does take you a second to adjust. Uh, so it's, it, I appreciate you sharing that for those who, who don't experience it or haven't experienced it because it's not a, uh, I can see or I can't see there's, there's gradations of, of that. And I imagine is uh, that visit must've been emotionally challenging for you, probably more so than visually challenging hearing that, that there was a problem. Well, at that time, I, I still didn't believe it, to be quite honest. I think a lot of us, um, when diagnosed with uh, an inherited retinal disease and, and really when faced with any, I guess, traumatic event, right? The first thing that we do is kind of go into that grieving process. I left that 
appointment and drove home and just kind of went on with life for about a year. It wasn't until about a year later, 2004, actually, um, I moved from California to Alabama, which is where I live now in the very deep south. Um, and I started having increasing problems with driving at night and, and floaters. And I started to notice changes in my vision. So I went and saw a retina specialist and um, he sent me to see a neuro-ophthalmologist and then sent me on to a large academic center. And when I went to the academic center, that visit was when the emotional aspect really hit me. Um, I, I went to a facility I'd never been to before. I was there for several hours. Um, I was, you know, handed from technician to technician. They, they numbed my eyes. They dilated my eyes, took tons of photos. I had little electrodes placed over my eyes to do some sort of assessment manual mapping of my visual field, I was absolutely emotionally, as you indicated, exhausted and physically exhausted, quite frankly, by the end of that, it was about a four or five hour visit. Um, all the while wondering, you know, what in the world is going on? <laughs> my anxiety was increasing. My fear was increasing. The question marks in my mind were increasing. And at the end of that visit, I was placed in um, in a room and I met a physician who I'd never met before. And I was told that I have this disease called retinitis pigmentosa that would rob my vision, rob me of my vision over the course of time. And the first thing I did was um, I asked, well, what can I do? Because I'm a problem solver and I'm stubborn. So I, you know, thought, okay, there's something I'll be able to do to fix this. And um, basically I was told don't drink, don't smoke, eat a healthy diet, exercise, and there's really nothing else that we can do. Come back and see me in a couple of years. And um, I sat there in that chair absorbing the information. Uh, my heart was racing. I mean, I had tears, you know, just stinging my eyes. I was trembling. And I got really angry. I got really, really upset because um, I, I just couldn't believe that that was it. You know, what, what would my future look like? What would I do? I mean, and even then I didn't, as emotional as I was, as angry as I was, I just, I went into the denial phase of the grieving process and I stayed there for a very long time. I, um, just wished away the disease. I ignored it. I tried to hide any signs or symptoms. Um, and so I just really suppressed all of the, the emotional aspects of that diagnosis until I was forced to face the fact that my vision was changing. And that, that came nearly a decade after my initial diagnosis. Wow. You know, it's interesting to me listening to, to you uh, share that. Um, and I'm sure it's, it's not too much easier now sharing it than, than it was then bad news is, is always challenging. Yeah. But as a scientist and a doctor, I'm hearing that and I know exactly what they were doing every single test. I can picture you there. I know what they were doing. I know why they were doing it. Um, and I appreciate the reminder that while I'm being the scientist and the doctor, and I'm asking for the, the test to be ordered so that I know what's happening, the reminder that I need to remember, you know, th that you're there and that you're going through this and it's routine for for us, because we have all the equipment, we, we do it on a daily basis. It's what we do. 
it's not routine for you and it's new and it's scary and, and it drives all these different emotions. Um, and just a reminder that, that we're in, in healthcare is people care. Um, uh, not you know, just keeping in mind what, what we deal with. And, and as a primary care doctor, um, we don't get the chance to, to see, thankfully, lots of inherited retinal diseases, or at least I don't in my clinic. Uh, most of what I see is, is routine normals, we'll call them. Somebody whose prescription's changed a little bit, uh, who, who wants contacts, who wants to change the color of their eyes for the upcoming prom season that we just had or, or whatnot. And so when, when we get a case that, uh, like this, it's challenging on a number of, of, uh, of levels, mostly because we have to stop and, and remember that this isn't the good news that we're used to sharing with people. We don't fix things. You said you're a fixer. We're fixers. And in, in, in optometry, we get to fix people pretty quickly. Right. You've, you've got your near side and your far side, and I put some glasses on our contacts, and you see well. Um, but this is tough because we have to deliver bad news. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that we always have the right resources available to us or we know know where to find those resources so that we can pass them on to, to you. And that's uh, the bridge I want to jump into for Foundation Fighting Blindness because that is a resource for us, correct? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's the foundation really, as, as I alluded to before, provides really three gifts to patients and families as they are going through this, this journey with vision loss. It's the gift of knowledge, the gift of community, and the gift of hope for the future. Um, the great thing about the Foundation Fighting Blindness is that if you as a provider come into contact with a patient with an inherited retinal disease or even age-related macular degeneration, you can direct them to the foundation for support and for guidance. The foundation's mission is to drive research to find treatments and cures for blinding retinal diseases. But through the work that we do, we also support individuals um, going through these journeys in local communities all over the United States. Um, so as a provider, directing patients to the Foundation Fighting Blindness, to www.fightingblindness.org, um, that's a good starting place. Uh, at our website, fightingblindness.org, individuals and professionals can learn about inherited retinal diseases. Um, they can find information about genetic testing, genetic counseling, um, the My Retina Tracker program, which offers no-cost genetic testing and no-cost genetic counseling to patients in the U.S. with an inherited retinal disease. There is information about clinical research underway, including a clinical trial pipeline. There are more than 40 clinical trials underway for the inherited retinal diseases um, right now. And there are also links to local chapters in markets all over the United States. And the chapters really serve as that community piece. Through the local chapters, individuals can get connected with others in their community who have an IRD or AMD or understand the vision loss journey. Um, they can get connected with local resources like low vision services, rehabilitation services, um, organizations supporting uh, the low vision and blind community. They can learn about research. They can learn about their inherited retinal disease. They can participate in events. There are all sorts of things that the chapters have to offer. Um, and, you know, I love that in my role as director of professional outreach, one of the things that I can help the professional community do is narrow the gap between clinical diagnosis 
and getting patients connected to local resources, support, and most importantly, having reasons to be hopeful and optimistic for the future. And, you know, all of that is, is provided through Foundation Fighting Blindness. That's, that's fantastic, which is uh, when we heard about that, which is why we wanted to have you on to talk about uh, this and to, to share the news. And all of these links will be in the show notes, so don't have to go back and, and pause and rewind to listen. Just go check out the show notes. We'll have all the links there uh, for you to the, the fightingblindness.org and the rest of the, the links that Michelle uh, mentioned. The, now, are the resources just for the individual with the IRD, or do they have resources to, to support the family? I can imagine as a, as a family member, either a parent, either a you know, child child or an adult child. Yes, that's a great question. It doesn't, affects everybody. Right. That's absolutely right. And, it, and yes, everything that the foundation has to offer is in support of an individual, family member, loved one or even professionals, you know, in the, in the community who are working with individuals with low, low vision or blindness due to a retinal degenerative disease or age-related macular degeneration. So that's awesome. I, I, community is huge. And uh, as a professional, it, sometimes we feel like we're on an island, even though there's lots of professionals around us, uh, which is why we have communities like Vision Source to share best practices, share ideas, reach out and say, Hey, I need help with, with this or, Hey guys, I'm excited. This, I tried something and it worked well and I just want to share my success. So I, I love that community is one of your, your three pillars that uh, you provided along with, with knowledge and hope. So you said you uh, had an interesting story of how you connected with foundation fighting blindness. What was, uh, what brought you here? Well, um, so I mentioned that I learned of my retinitis pigmentosa in 2004. About seven years later, I was, um, I was still driving and navigating life. I had, in that period of time, become a mother. Um, I was in my career in the medical industry, pharmaceutical sales. Um, and I was coming across the bay in southern Alabama. It was a, a gray, overcast day. Um, in order to go over the bay, you go into a tunnel and then you emerge onto a bridge and you cross over the Mobile Bay um, from Mobile into Daphne. And when I started into the tunnel, it started to, to sprinkle. Um, my eyes were trying to adjust to the dimly lit space within the tunnel. And when I emerged onto the bridge, it was just a complete downpour. I was literally blinded by just the, the rain, the change from dark to light. Um, I was very fortunate that I was able to get myself over to the side of the bridge. I, I scraped, scraped up my car a little bit, but I didn't hurt myself. I didn't hurt anyone else. And I sat on the bridge. Um, it felt very much like I did the day that I was delivered the diagnosis, right? I'm, I'm sitting there you know, tears streaming down my face, I'm trembling, I'm shaking, I'm, I'm nervous, I'm scared, and called for some help to get home. But while I sat there, I realized, okay, you know, this, this thing called retinitis pigmentosa that I have tried so hard to suppress and to escape, um, it's here. It's affecting my life. Um, I sat on that bridge and I thought to myself, my goodness, you know, how am I going to be a good, a good mother? How am I going to continue on with my career? 
how am I going to do life as somebody who can't see? Um, I went home that, that afternoon and I started to do some research and I stumbled upon this organization called Foundation Fighting Blindness. I was um, empowered by the mission to drive research to find treatments and cures for blinding retinal diseases like mine, like RP. And I realized that they had a flank, flagship fundraiser called Vision Walk. So I decided that year to um, create a team. So I created a Foundation Fighting Blindness Vision Walk team. At that time, it was in Hoover, Alabama. And at that Vision Walk, I stood up for the first time in front of really anyone, friends, family, and certain strangers, and recognized that I have an inherited retinal disease and that I see differently than others. Um, it was a very scary time, but it was also very empowering to have the ability to do something to help myself and others, to help raise awareness, um, to help support the mission of Foundation Fighting Blindness. And at that time, I had my, my son with me that day, and he was, gosh, he was probably about three years old. He stood about three <laughs> feet tall, bright red curly hair, a little dimple in his chin, and we walked together. Um, at that moment, I had no idea how the foundation fighting blindness would impact my life. Um, that was in 2011. And eight years later, 2019, I joined the foundation family to help build and grow what is now professional outreach. And through, through the work that I've been able to do with the foundation, I, I have been so um, just grateful for being able to help others, share information, educate, um, and it has allowed me to accept my vision loss. I, I've learned about how individuals with inherited retinal disease or vision loss or blindness, they tap into resources. There are so many different adaptations and technologies. There are you know, there, there are a lot of different ways that we can still exist independently. And through all the research that's ongoing, there's a lot of hope for the future. Um, there's an FDA-approved therapy out there now called Luxterna for patients with mutations in the gene RPE65, which causes typically LCA, but can cause RP. And that has really been a huge breakthrough for the field. We've had a lot of um, a multitude of clinical trials that have surfaced since Luxterna has been approved. So, um, you know, it just, I've come full circle from that moment on the bridge, <laughs> realizing that I was having to, you know, really wrap my head around this disease and, and now in a role where I can help others like me and help the eye care community at, community at large really provide, um, provide answers, you know, to people as they're going through their journeys with vision loss. Um, I think about that day with my son. He is now 15. <laughs> he is uh, almost six foot six. Wow. And he still has that curly red hair, a little different now. But um, I, uh, I had the opportunity to go to a vision walk not too long ago. And it was the first vision walk I've been to since that okay. one <laughs> back in 2011. And I just really, it's amazing how, um, how that one, that one moment in time really changed my future. Wow. That's a, that's a powerful story. And, uh, and look at it. I mean, you use the word, uh, 
survive. Um, I would argue that in what you're able to do and what you've, you've done and the people you've helped it, it, you're thriving and, uh, you know, you're helping us take care of better your impact, uh, take it, helping us take care of, of our patients and, and, uh, spread awareness and education and, and giving hope. And so your impact is, is huge. Um, really, really appreciate that. And, and it's interesting how uh, we can take something so, uh, uh, you know, so horrible and, and, and abysmal and, and, you know, full of despair and put a light on it and, and make it hopeful, make it joyous, find that community and share all of that. It's, it's, that's, it's an inspiring story. I appreciate you sharing that. And the, the vision walks, are they just a one-time deal uh, every year? Do they have those across the country? They are all over the country and all of the markets in which we have chapters and they reoccur annually. So vision walks happen in the fall and spring. Um, And um, yeah, so they're all over the United States. Very cool. And uh, those I'm sure are linked on that, uh, the fightingblindness.org website. Absolutely. Yes. There is information about vision walk um, on the website and individuals or professionals can also find information through local chapters, local chapters. as well in, in various markets. There are um, over 40 chapters available now to uh, individuals in the U.S. Oh. through the foundation. Very cool. And all those the chapter lots, information is all, all through that website. So we can go there and find everything we need. Yes. Mm-hmm. There. So. Very That's cool. Right. Well, Michelle, I really appreciate you taking time to uh, introduce us to Foundation Fighting Blindness um, and even more grateful for you to share your story um, from from childhood through now and uh, where life has taken you. And, and it's really cool to see what you're doing and how inspirational you are to to those of us who don't have uh, but are taken care of and engaging with uh, with patients who, who may have um, inherited retinal diseases, uh, and certainly to those who, who do have it, helping to build that community. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I appreciate um, Vision Source very much, the collaboration and partnership. Um, we look forward to working with you all moving forward, and um, you know, for the eye care professionals under your umbrella. We do have a For Eye Care Professionals webpage at fightingblindness.org. There are a lot of different pieces of information there. We host continuing education courses. There are educational materials and videos. Um, We do have a a five-part webinar series that's on demand called A Path Forward for IRD and Dry AMD Patients. Um, That's available specifically to Vision Source as well. Um, And if I can be of assistance to anybody, all of you out there as eye care professionals, you really, you play such a crucial role in providing a path forward for individuals and families as they go through their personal journeys with vision loss. So thank you for all that you do. And um, if I can be helpful in any way, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm happy to share my email address as well. It's M is in Michelle, glaze like a donut. So mglaze at fightingblindness.org. So thank you so much for having me on today. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, our pleasure. Thank you.